welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to another episode of Advance Your Art with Yuri Cataldo. If you're interested in learning how to build a company, make money from your art, or transition to a new career, you've come to the right place. If you like this episode, please remember to like and share it with a friend. Today, my guest is Barb Garrison, certified career money breakthrough coach and the founder of Internal Groove. Barb, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Thanks, Yuri. It's great to be here. Well, thank you so much. It's it's great to great to have you, um, especially now with the with the circumstances that we talked about beforehand. But how is it? So for the listeners, um, Barb is currently in the in Colorado. So what is it like right now in Colorado? Yes. Well, you know, we're experiencing a lot of the things people are experiencing nationally, which is certainly a lot of change. There's no question about that. People looking at their lives and their work and their career and dealing with, you know, loss and grief and lots of feelings and all kinds of things. And on top of it, we actually have um, some very, very significant fires making our skies normally beautifully blue, quite dark. So it's, uh, it fits right with the mood sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm personally doing well, but that's part of what I love doing is supporting people with where they're at and helping them find a path, you know, from maybe things that are feeling dark and difficult and challenging, you know, into something that really lights them up more and makes them feel like they're on the path that they belong on that's right for them. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So I, I, before we get into, I guess, that and what you're currently doing now in more detail, I'd like to take a, a little step back and ask you about what you originally went to school for. So uh, at least it's li listed on LinkedIn. I looked at everyone's LinkedIn profile um, that you went to school for communications and then psychology. Uh, so what what initially made you want to study that and, and what was that like? Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to take a step back even further. I started yeah. out in architecture school, so it was quite a big change. <laughs> oh, wow. Why <laughs> architecture school? Yeah, well, you know, I had a love of architecture from the time I was young, and I was fortunate enough in high school to be in a program that was very sophisticated for a high school program. And I was designing buildings, building models, competing in the state fair, learning about solar power. This was way back before it was common. Um, I built an underwater museum. I mean, all kinds of really interesting stuff. So I went to school for that and, you know, had a, a an early college crisis, I'll call it mental crisis, which, you know, um, I, I shouldn't say mental crisis, more of a who am I and what am I doing here crisis. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, I, I mentioned that because in some ways, what I do for work now is help people figure that out. So I had m several versions of it myself, the first was in college. And so I took a semester to really explore and try some things I'd never tried before. And I literally went through the schedule of courses and pick things that just sounded interesting to me. And when I looked at the list, I realized so many of them 
were about human behavior, they were about communication, they were about, you know, human development. And um, so I ended up taking lots of psychology classes, which is what one of my degrees is in. And it's just interesting because as, you know, a, a young pup in my early 20s, I said to my college counselor, you know, I really love these classes, but I don't want to sit and listen to people's problems all day. <laughs> you know, that was as a 20 year old. Right. And now that's what I do. And I absolutely love it. I've been doing it 14 years and I've never had work that I've loved so much in my life and definitely not 14 years later. Yeah. Well, very cool. So let's, so so post then your college career, because you've had a very distinguished career in a few other different industries. So what, what did you do after you graduated and what, what has your career journey been like? I was in marketing. So I worked my way up the corporate ladder um, in advertising agencies and I did a lot of different jobs there. I started as an assistant media planner. I went up through the ranks through account management. I worked in lots of other departments and um, ultimately worked for multiple advertising and PR agencies and um, became the director of marketing for a very large company in Los Angeles, um, which was a very prestigious job, one that I'd worked my whole career to get to. I had lots of perks, a great salary, uh, fancy title, lots of invitations for red carpet events and all kinds of things that many people, you know, would think is like the ultimate in your career. But I found that honestly, after about six years of that, my soul was just sort of leaking out of me little by little. I was, I was so burnt out. I was working six and seven days a week. It was a very, very big and demanding job. And, um, you know, I just, I started really questioning, is this really what I wanted for my future? Um, because I, you know, it's like I, I had finally reached where I wanted to be and I, I found myself asking, well, okay, so now what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, I guess so it looks like that you've you kind of have done you know multiple things while going back to school to to study um you know to be a, a certified career coach and a, a money breakthrough coach so where did let's say with with those and you and when you decided to kind of go back to school to decide what was happening next what made you decide to go and study at these places and then what did you did you have the goal in mind beforehand of doing what you're doing now or did it kind of evolve into that? It definitely evolved. You know, first um, I quit my job without another job, which generally I don't recommend unless you've really planned for it and saved for it. Mm -hmm. Luckily I have done that. I had done that at the time. Um, and it was still very, very scary to do. And I thought I was just going to need a break because I was having a lot of physical symptoms of stress being in, um, not the right place for myself. And what I have learned looking back on it is I, I just really wasn't living my truth, meaning I wasn't doing work that I truly was meant to do. I was doing a good job and it was a great job. There was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't fitting for me anymore. So I took a couple of months off to just sort of get my health back, sit under a tree. I went from napping to sitting under a tree back to the couch for a couple of months. And I kept getting all of these calls from headhunters for very, um, you know, lucrative, high profile positions, you know, somewhat similar to what I was doing or even more significant jobs. And I just, my heart wasn't in it. I couldn't get excited about it. And so 
I started really taking myself on my own journey that frankly, I made up with my own creativity to really look at, like, if I wasn't getting paid, what do I love to do? What do I love to talk about at cocktail parties? What, what do I, you know, love to have conversations about? And so I started just paying attention to all of that. And, and then I ended up just going to this afternoon workshop um, called Reinventing Yourself. It really wasn't that it was this spectacular workshop or anything, but what really struck me about it is it was a room full of very, very successful people, like lots of big titles, people that had done a lot of things, and everybody just looked absolutely miserable. <laughs> and so I thought, wow, I'm not the only one in this boat. I got to figure out how to do this. And, and what you want to remember is this was about uh, 15 and a half years ago. And so back then, there really wasn't such a thing as coaching, maybe just barely beginning, but not in the specialty that I work with now, and certainly not in career coaching specifically. There were certainly career counselors that helped you write a resume, but not to really explore and, and discover what was right for you. So I set out on my own journey, and frankly, I was my, my, I was my first most challenging client <laughs> to try to reinvent myself. Um, and ultimately did decide to go back to school and, you know, sort of officially get an education on this. Mm -hmm. um, I have three coaching certifications. I'm a learning junkie, so I'm always learning new things. Um, but I will say I do find that my personal experience of having sort of jumped off the train um, and started from scratch again is something that my clients are really attracted to because they know that I've walked that path which by the way is not for the faint of heart and not easy, but it absolutely can be done. So having someone who's been there can be really, really helpful and supportive. And I'm that guide. So I'm basically the coach I desperately needed 15 years ago. <laughs> Great. I love it. <laughs> so, so yeah, so let's talk about then. Um, so internal groove, what was it like when you were first establishing this company and yourself in this space? Yes. Yeah, so I actually started out just starting this business little by little on the side. Um, I decided, you know, from, for financial reasons, which most of us have, I, I had to work. I mm -hmm. couldn't just start from scratch for nothing. So I ended up landing a position that was, I negotiated to be a part-time consulting position um, working like three to three and a half days a week. And then I was using the other days of the week to start building my business, building my brand, putting my marketing materials together and starting to work with clients. And I did that little by little by little. And the more I built my business, the more I loved it. And it just changed my life. It, it, it gave me a sense of myself that honestly, I never had had before that. And it was so interesting. This is very LA. I lived in LA at the time. People kept asking me, wow, you look amazing. Did you have plastic surgery? <laughs> and I used to laugh so hard at that. They're like, did you get a facelift? Did you lose weight? Did you cut your hair? And I'm like, no, no, no. And they're like, you had something done. You put a chin implant in. <laughs> like, I, I suddenly blurted out. I said, no, I had a jobectomy. <laughs> And they were like, what? What's a jobectomy? I said, well, I left a job that was just draining me and wasn't taking advantage of my best skills, my greatest creativity. And I reinvented myself to create something that really, really fit for who I am now in my life. And, um, you know, here I am 14, 15 years later. 
Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So let's talk about that then. So when somebody comes to you, what what is that process like? And that I guess it's like, you know, how does in, in your coaching focus and special and specialty, um, what is the process like? And, and oftentimes what types of, of people come to you for advice and help? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do an initial consultation um, where I meet with people. Um, this is when I'm working privately one-on-one with people because I also teach group workshops and do online virtual courses and things like that. But when I work privately with people, you know, I'm, I'm having a conversation for them and I'm really, really listening for what is truly getting in their way. A lot of people think their problems are external to them, meaning it's their boss, they're in the wrong industry, they're not making enough money, they don't like their title, they don't like their coworkers. And I call these things the what, like what's wrong. Um, What I find is that most people are totally unaware of what I call the how, which is how you bring yourself to what you're doing. And more people, I find about 80% of their challenges are around their mental and emotional habits and patterns with work. So whether they're dealing with, you know, excessive worry or perfectionism or not taking risks or um, having standards so high that nobody can live up to them, including themselves, um, procrastination, it it goes on from there, you know, Mm -hmm. conflict with coworkers. So what we usually do is we start with what I call the inner work. Um, And we clear up some of that inner work. We look at those patterns and we work on transforming some of those. The the one that I see the most often that stops people is a, frankly, not being kind to yourself, you know, of not being your own best advocate, but actually attacking your own self with language, which really stops you from growing and stretching and taking a risk and trying new things. And we can get really, really stuck in that place. And so I work with them usually on that first. Once we clear some of that up, they start feeling much differently about exploring what's next for them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So how do you, I guess, because of what's happening now in in 2020, there's a lot of people in, in industries that are, well, the industry is wiped out or it's on pause for a very long time. So what would you say to somebody who's listening to this, who's thinking about transitioning from another career, maybe they have got an artistic background, but they are not quite sure how to do that or think that that just because they, you know, worked in the arts, they can only ever work in the arts because they're not, um, you know, qualified to do something else. How do you approach clients like that? So I think the very first thing to do before you look outside to where you want to go, you have to look at really yourself and do a a self-assessment to really look at, you know, what is the, what do you want to do? What lights you up? What do you enjoy? What are you good at? What is your personality like? What is the culture you're interested in? How do you like to work? Do you like to work alone or in big groups of people? Do you, do you like to collaborate or are you more of a solo thinker? Are you more analytical or are you more creative? Like, and I could go on. I work with clients for long periods of time to answer many of these questions. And, So what I see is most people go online, they look at job boards, which by the way, only about 10 to 15% of jobs that are available out there are on job boards. So I find most people get 
sort of stuck there. Mm -hmm. I do not recommend that that's the only place that you look because it's, it's a small minority of the jobs that are available. Number one. Um, Number two, what I would say is instead of trying to shove yourself in a box called somebody else's job description, figure out what is the job description that you want for yourself, then go out and try to create that work or job and find it by what I call reverse engineering it from that perspective. Um, Even if you've only been in one area of a certain field, you always have a big toolbox of skills that either you're not utilizing, you don't utilize as much as you would like to, or some people really like to gain new skills um, to put out there. So it's really important to assess that before you go out there trying to find what I call the final answer of like what job title you want. That's sort of the last thing you do. Yeah. Interesting. So how do you, like, how would you go about and and reverse engineering your own job? That sounds like a daunting task. Um, Well, I think first you want to make a list of every single thing that you do in your job. All of the different skills, the different types of activities, the tasks, the kind of thinking that you need to do, make a list of all of those things. And then go through and circle or highlight the ones that you really love doing and you know you have strengths in. So I'll give you an example of something that I did back when I was, after I left my job, my corporate job is one of the things I noticed is that my favorite thing that I did all day long was mentor my team. I had a group of people that were on my team. And when I'd come in in the morning, they were often sort of lined up outside my desk, outside my office to ask me things, to to kind of review things, to talk about things, to strategize on things. And I would spend a lot of the early part of my day doing this. And it was my favorite part of the day. Frankly, that's what I wanted to be doing all day was, you know, supporting them, coaching them, listening to them um, and teaching them things. And then I would start my own work, I'll say, you know, like at four o'clock in the afternoon, which is how come I ended up working till very late at night often, because I put the thing I love doing first. So notice what you love doing, because you're always going to be doing that first. And you're going to be doing that whether you're getting paid or not, meaning you might be thinking about that on the weekends, you might be having conversations about it. So it does take some quiet time to sit and pause and reflect on those things. And so when I recognized that mentoring and teaching and coaching um, were, were some of the things I love doing the most, and another was I'm, I'm a learning junkie. I mentioned that earlier. I'm, I love being in classes. And so those were the two things that I sort of held as, okay, how can I both contribute with these things and gain something with all of these things in a new kind of work for me? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So when you work with with clients um, in in various ways, I'm sure there are uh, the idea, I guess, of fear probably comes up of them, you know, being fearful of trying a new job or new industry or, or, or any number of, of things. How do you work with your clients around the idea of fear and, and help them overcome that? Yeah, so that's not a quick answer, <laughs> but I will say, because I do work with people, you know, on that over the course of time, but, you know, yeah. fear is a real thing. Um, at the same time, I do believe that it can be overcome. And I think the first thing to get clear on is, what are you actually afraid of? Because what I find is once you dig down and you look at, well, what are you really afraid of? And then 
what would happen if that occurred? And then what would you do if that happened? You start to drill down and you start to see it's almost like shining a light on the boogeyman that's under the bed, you know, when you're a little kid and you're scared because you don't know what that is. And then your mom comes in with a flashlight and you're like, oh, it's just a jacket and some books. It's like you can start to see more clearly what is that fear really about mm -hmm. and then start to cultivate some um, strengths of yours to figure out how you would deal with that fear. Hmm. Well, that's great. I'm so I know we've talked a lot about the the career side of this, but the the other big part about what you've um, have listed here is the, is the money breakthrough coaching. Could you tell me more about what what that means and what that's about? Yeah, so money breakthrough coaching, it's not about financial planning or financial advising. It's not about, you know, how do you invest your money or how do you save money in particular. It's really about the mindset of money because there is a direct relationship between our self-worth and our net worth. Now, that's not just about the amount of money. It's really about how we have beliefs around money. So the assumptions, the fears, and in particular, and this is the area I'm most interested in, is how we value ourselves. I went back to school and got the money breakthrough um, certification later because what I noticed in working with career clients is it was one of the things they kept bumping up against, like not making the changes they wanted to make because of concerns around money. Now, I want to be clear, I get we all have, you know, realities. We have to keep a roof over our head and food on the table and families and other things. So sometimes what you have to do is create a combination of money earning opportunities to make sure that you know we're safe and we're fed and all of that but then what can we start to look at outside of that or how do we behave when we're negotiating for either a new job or asking for a raise or even you know say we're, we're a freelancer and how do we negotiate that contract so much of how we speak about money is directly related to how we do or don't value ourselves and what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. So in, I guess in, in general, when people come to you for, for various uh, ideas, is there like an average amount of time that someone works with you or is it, I mean, obviously I know it's, it dependent on the person, but uh, in general, is there like, um, you know, a, an amount of time that, that your process takes? Yeah, you know, it's really quite, the, the, the range is quite broad. Some people are extremely motivated and want to do it very quickly. And I offer really accelerated programs for that. I mean, I even, before COVID, I, I had people who flew out from other parts of the country to work with me for two really intensive days where we spent all day together. Mm -hmm. And then we had a follow-up session. So that's like as quick as it can be. And other people I work with, you know, anywhere from, you know, I would say three to 12 months. And it doesn't mean that it takes 12 months to figure this out, but what happens is people really start to enjoy having a partner to figure all this out. So, you know, I help them achieve sort of their first layer of goals, and then we end up developing more goals and more goals and more goals. I even have some really long-term clients who, you know, I helped them escape the corporate world um, many years ago, and they're still with me years later. I have a couple clients that have been with me more than five years, yeah. and, you know, we've grown their business substantially they've changed what they've done um, you know we've worked on developing their business skills 
and marketing their business and growing their revenue. So, um, you know, this is one of the benefits of me as a career coach because I also have a business background as well as having had two of my own businesses mm -hmm. and I have a 25 year career in marketing. So those are sort of extra things you get after that first layer. So your question, Yuri, is, is, is a really broad one. So, you know, yeah. it's from two days to five years. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's, I think it's a pretty, pretty good range. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So Barbara, with everything that you have done and experienced, what would you say has been the best advice that you have ever received? You know, if I may, I want to also give one piece of advice that isn't, I received from someone else Sure. for right now, based on what you said, because I didn't want to miss this. You know, a lot of people right now think that everything is gloom and doom when it comes to jobs. And I just want to reassure people, there are people getting jobs. There are huge opportunities in certain industries. Are industries shrinking? Yes. Are there some people who are getting furloughed and laid off? Yes. But what I want to challenge all your listeners to do is to really consider what opportunity this has for them because there's lots of money out there that is available through um, investments, non-collateralized loans and things like that for new companies based on creativity that can be started. So um, don't give up, you know, there, there are opportunities to build new things in our lives that consumers need and that companies need. So that would be, that would be one. Mm -hmm. Um, the second in terms of advice that I've gotten is actually more in the form of a question and it comes from my husband and he still asks it all the time because I'm someone that loves to do lots and lots of things and get very involved and I have a lot of um, passions. He will always, he, he says to me often, are you overloading yourself? <laughs> are you <laughs> overloading yourself? And you know, it just stops me in my tracks because if left to my own devices, I would say yes to everything mm -hmm. and that's just not sustainable. So, um, very often saying no is actually more powerful than saying yes, so that you can really focus on what's most important to you. Hmm. Wonderful. I mean, that's, that's absolutely a fantastic advice. Cause I, um, I know many of my listeners and myself included, uh, have a tendency of saying yes to a lot of different things because why not? It sounds like an interesting opportunity, but it, then it's in the same way, it's easy to get overwhelmed and burnt out and um, overwork yourself. So that's great. Yes, no question. And I think that's one of the gifts of, of the quarantine time too. It's, it's having people really like eliminate some of the noise, some of the clutter, some of the running around, some of the overdoing it and really focus on what's most important to them. We have more time now, um, many people do. And I really want to encourage people to take advantage of that time to really discover what matters the most to them and what they really want with their lives and careers. Wonderful. Well, Barb, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. If the listeners would like to um, read more about what you're working on or sign up uh, with you, where is the best place they can go online to do that? Yes, go to mondaymorningleap.com. This is actually a gift for your listeners. Um, it's a couple of short um, videos and audios over the course of Monday mornings that will shift how you feel about work. And it gives tips and tools and strategies for both entrepreneurs and job seekers and covers some of the most um, frequently asked career questions. So um, I encourage everyone to go there, um, mondaymorningleap.com. Okay, wonderful. And I will make sure I put that in the show notes so people can click right through. Great. Well, again, 
Thank you so much, Barb. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.